The Heinemann Podcast presents a new six-week series. Of all the tools available to the classroom teacher to mitigate anxiety and relieve depression in students, writing is a powerful one. Over 200 research studies since the late 80s have reported that expressive writing especially can improve people's physical and emotional health. So how does writing do this? And what can I do as a classroom teacher to position my students to take this verbal medicine, as author Barry Lane calls it? Join me, Liz Prather, on the Heinemann Podcast each week starting April 4th as we learn about the healing power of writing. How do stories create spaces for mathematical thinking? I'm Brett from Heinemann, and today on the podcast, we're joined by Sue O'Connell, lead author of the Math by the Book series, and two of her co-authors, Danielle Moore and T.J. Jemison. Sue, Danielle, and T.J. share their experiences utilizing children's literature in math classrooms and provide strategies for integrating in seamlessly into existing curriculum. They began their conversation by discussing the benefits of using children's literature and mathematics for grades three through five. Well, the first thing we think about, of course, is that stories immediately engage students. They pull them into the lesson. But one thing that I think is so important is that it shows them situations in which math appears in their lives. Some of the math topics in grades three to five, like fractions, decimals, sometimes don't feel so relevant to students. So being able to show them situations in which the math appears in life can be really helpful for having them make sense of that mathematics. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I I get to travel around the country, so I interact with students in New York City who don't know really maybe a lot about a farm or in Vermont who maybe don't know a lot about a city. And so having that common experience, I think, creates access and equity for students. So they're all working off of the same experience and kind of building on what you said, that relevant kind of connection to real life. I think in particular, these last few weeks, I've been working a lot with fifth grade teachers and students. And as we go up in grades, a lot of the mathematical concepts like division and dividing fractions become so abstract and so procedural that students don't see the connection to the real world. And the math and literature, the stories in Math by the Book series, they really help students see that math is not just a series of numbers and procedures, but it's something real that they can connect to and envision and make sense of. And I think these stories naturally present problem situations because in the story, something, some events are happening or something happens with the character and it gets students talking and thinking and just naturally solving problems. So anytime we can have that connection to problem solving, that story context, I think that's a real bonus in our math classrooms. Absolutely. Sue, just one other thing is that um, I think teachers right now are under so much pressure um, and that time pressure. So if there's ways to integrate math and literacy and do some writing about math and some reading in math, I think that helps teachers to find a more efficient way to teach everything they have to teach. Absolutely. Now, one of the big questions I get from teachers is um, how do we decide which books are, are really good books to use in mathematics? So suggestions for picking children's literature. 
for me, the starting point is that I think about where would I see this math? When would I use this math? And then I look for books that might explore those situations. So for example, fifth graders are studying about volume. So I think about when are times when you might have to think about volume, when volume might matter. And that led me to, you know, that that thought about things like packaging boxes and size of packages kind of led me to this wonderful book called The Crayon Man by Natasha Bebo. And it's the story, the true story of the invention of the Crayola crayon. And along with the story of the trial and error and inventing this crayon, there were illustrations of the boxes and the way, you know, the packaging of the crayons, which right away got me thinking about volume. How, what size box would you need for eight crayons or 16 crayons or, or 24 crayons? So I like to think about the mathematics, the math skill or concept, and then find a real situation that fits that. So you can also think about a great story that you know students love and and then think about what math can you bring out of that a great example for me is dragons love tacos uh, this is just a story that I, the students i read this with were just eating it up i mean they loved it they just wanted to extend and do things with it so in this book the um, character is preparing lots of tacos for a party and he has all these dragons and it just created this great context to think about adding and subtracting uh, you know in multiples with multiple numbers and even starting to play a little bit depending on the time of year with some uh, uh, addition uh, multiplication and like three trays of 20 tacos how many is that um, the students I worked with really loved that and they just came up with some amazing work the book Home, A Journey Through America, that was surprisingly a great book to use to think about distance and place value and deciding, is there a real distance between, you know, comparing the distance between New Jersey and New York to California and maybe Texas. I think it's a lovely story written by Thomas Locker, where different authors use such powerful words and create such powerful images of their hometowns, really engaging for students. When I shared this book with students in fifth grade, they really leaned in and listened, and it inspired them to think about how they could describe their own homes and their own hometowns. So it's the unexpected, but it works in powerful ways for students to really dive into the math. And I was excited about it. I also think about what books do you already have access to? What books might you already be using? There is math all around us. And if we're engaging with a book for a shared reading or a read aloud, could we also use that book to engage in mathematics? And I, I love that idea, Danielle. I think you could even get to a point where you ask your students, like, hey, we read this book. How could we extend it mathematically? How great for them to be the ones to kind of bring the math forward. So are there any other tips that you would give to teachers about making book selections? For me, it's all about the fun factor. That's what I found uh, as I brought books uh, to read into students and tried to extend some math activities and the books that really captured students. So there was one I was a little um, kind of skeptical about. It was called Can I Be, uh, Be Your Dog by Troy Cummings. 
Um, and that book's filled with all these letters written by a dog who wants to be adopted. Um, and the students just, they loved it. And so pretty much anything I put in front of them to extend with math, they were just eating out of my hands. And so we went into a bunch around perimeter um, and uh, with that, and they just, they just loved it. Definitely. And illustrations, right? They're so powerful and colorful. That's a great way to engage students in books and get them thinking about the math. Like you said, TJ, is it fun? Is there humor in the book? Um, themes, right? So maybe we think about Roberto Clemente and his biography and maybe side by side about the struggle of migrant farm workers and, you know, how much do they get paid? You know, and what, how many hours do they spend in the field working? I think I like to think I can find math in just about any book and get students to engage with it and talk about it and look at mathematics from a different perspective. And Danielle, I think those examples are so powerful because I think with grades three to five students, we want to look for stories that have that that aren't as primary and that you know, there are a lot of picture books out there that will really engage these students in some more challenging thinking and some more mature topics. I'm thinking about, you know, when we were talking about the idea of um, division with a unit fraction divided by a whole number. And the book that we came up with was Born and Bred in the Great Depression. So it really was, you know, it, it was written by Jonah Winner and it's a story of his family going through the depression with lots of children and got me thinking about, you know, the children sharing, you know, if you had a half a cup of beans and three children had to share them, you know, what what's one half divided by three? How much are each of them going to get? You know, but it had that more mature theme to it. There are a lot of books with themes that are perfect for older students, picture books, but with more mature themes to them. And there's still great jumping off points for math explorations. But what I love is that a lot of these books can also be jumping off points for discussions about social justice. We found books related to sharing, related to kindness, related to caring for the environment or fighting for justice, like you mentioned, side by side or overcoming obstacles. So many great themes and great books, pieces of literature that work for math, but are so much more than the math. I agree, Sue, definitely. You know, I love that book, surprisingly, Born and Bred in the Great Depression, um, because of their planting a vegetable garden, which reminds me of my grandparents. And there was a time of year where they would can the vegetables and can the fruit. So it's nostalgic for me, but it's also thinking about, like you said, thinking about our environment and being environmentally conscious and how can we take care of what we have. Or um, So there's a lot, like you said, a lot of mature things that you can dive deeper into and have great conversations about with upper grade students. And I think, that's so powerful that you say you loved it because it connected to something you knew and it brought you back to thinking about your grandparents or and and yet there might be other students sitting right around that student in the math classroom 
who had never even heard of something like that. And that's that power of these books is that sometimes they really speak to individual students' experiences. And other times they share experiences that the students were never exposed to and, and give them that opportunity to hear something, you know, so different from what their life might be like. And both of those are, are so valuable to have in our classrooms. So as I've worked with schools, people often ask me, it's always that time issue. How do I fit children's literature into my existing math curriculum? So what suggestions would you give to teachers who want to try this, but it's that I, I don't know how to make this fit? For me, it's really those brief tasks, like a, a number sense routine that can be kind of extended from the story. So uh, one of the books I've used is Mango Abuela and Me by Meg Medina. And in this story, the uh, main character is cooking with her grandmother and they're using a carton of eggs. So taking an image of the carton of eggs and just showing it and, and ex kind of extending that to being an array. And with the third graders I worked with, it was, so what do you notice here? And of course they saw the additive six plus six or the uh, six groups of two. But, um, but they even started to think about multiplication. So two groups of six or six groups of two. Um, so I also think there's, there's other kind of, kind of problems you could extend from a story. So uh, one of, another book I, I read to students was Saffron Ice Cream by Rasheen, uh, where a family's kind of traveling home to the beach. Um, and there could be word problems there about the miles they traveled on their journey, um, similar to what Danielle was saying earlier. Again, back to bringing that context to the computations or the math, you know, skills and concepts that they're learning. Now they're doing it. There's maybe still adding three digit numbers, but now that has a meaning. They're adding those miles that they've traveled. And it's also kind of cross-referencing with measurement, right? So you're looking at different standards and different clusters or domains of the Common Core. Absolutely. You know, I was thinking about what TJ said earlier, though. It's almost more efficient use of time if we think about what are we reading aloud in class? What are we writing about? And how can we attach mathematics to what we're already focusing on? So if we're doing a read aloud and we're looking at themes, well, where is math in that? So again, I think what I agree with TJ 100%. It's a way to efficiently and be strategic about the time that is um, often so limited in the classroom. Um, I also agree with you, Sue. I mean, I really appreciate this book on so many levels because it does apply context to numbers. They're not just abstract procedures on a paper or in a workbook. They are counting um, how many pounds of potatoes that might be pulled from a field or thinking about measurement and conversions rather than mere calculations. So it's almost a, a more in-depth view of the mathematics instead of just numbers and operations it's numbers it's operations it's procedures but it's meaning it's meaningful right it's a meaningful view of them yes yes and i think the other thing is we're talking with teachers about fitting it into their curriculum is that reminder that these are working towards the same standards 
that your curriculum is working on. So we can insert a literature lesson along with or even in place of a curriculum task. We can replace a textbook lesson with a lesson from a story to get to the exact same math goal and maybe to get to it with more meaning uh, for students. So TJ, you mentioned, um, can I be your dog, which is just such a fun story with the dog, you know, wanting to be adopted and does eventually get adopted. And then, you know, we explore, you know, the, the adopted mother, you know, wants to make a nice play yard. And what a fun way to explore perimeters of different size yards and model them and, you know, um, explore and talk about, compare, you know, how much room the dog would have in these different yards, depending on how they're laid out. And, and just a perfect opportunity for students to see a real example of when they might want to be looking at the concept of perimeter. And for me, that's an example that kids are more likely to remember. We know all the confusion around perimeter area when we teach it in sort of a textbook-based way. But when we do it through experiences and through stories, that's when I feel like kids are going to remember it. So there is nothing wrong with jumping out of the textbook for a little bit, doing a piece of literature. We're working towards the same goals. We're moving in the same direction. Well, and also, Sue, the, um, you know, the math theoretically can work sometimes, but when you apply it to the context, you know, when you're talking about a yard for a dog, you're not going to make a yard that's one foot wide by 18 yards, you know, so they can't turn around, they can run one direction. So it's, again, bringing it back to that reality and relevant uh, situations for students. Absolutely. So... Could you share one final thought about using children's literature with intermediate level students in those grade three to five classroom? What's one final thing you'd like to share with teachers? One of the things I appreciate is right now I'm using Tia Issa Wants a Car with several fifth grade classrooms. And there are multiple opportunities for students to engage with mathematics there's conversations where they're turning and talking with a partner and deciding on what would be the best procedure to use. There's opportunities for differentiation and support. So for students who might need a little bit more support, getting um, up to date or up um, ready for fifth grade level mathematical conversations, there's some support lessons there. There's some investigations. There's opportunities for students to read, write, and talk about the math, I feel, and it, the work I've been doing with these teachers is we can teach a unit on adding and subtracting decimals just with math by the book. We haven't even had to open up the district curriculum textbook yet. Very thorough. It's very thorough. I would just add to really just open your mind, think flexibly, um, we like we talked about earlier you can find opportunities either to extend math from a really great story or to find the math in a story and then you bring that story in because of the opportunity it provides um, having problem solving situations finding games to extend we know that when students play and learn through play and playing a game that they actually need fewer repetitions to actually 
um, kind of solidify those concepts in their heads. So anytime we can bring a game in, um, thinking about Hanukkah Bear, and I, I played some dreidel games with students around multiples of five, and they just loved it. So I, I, that fun factor is so huge for me, just having fun. And I feel like every time I went into a classroom, and showed the students that I was having fun. I was having fun with a story and then everything we did to extend it, they were they just ran with it. And it was really, it wasn't a hard sell at all. No, and I think that's the most amazing thing is sometimes we think, oh, these fourth or fifth grade students, they're not going to want me to read a picture book to them. And then you go in there and do it and they love it. They are pulled right into it. And a lot of it is, like you said, TJ, when you love it, then, they feel okay to love it too. And they really get into the activity. Um, as we were putting together math by the book, um, one, one of the things that we were focusing on is that we wanted this to be more than just reading a book to kids and then doing a math lesson. We, we pulled literature into math class for a long time, but this is more than just reading a book. What we were looking for is rich math tasks where students begin with that story context, but then they really learn the mathematics through it. They, they model ideas. They talk a lot. We ask deep questions. So it's building understanding of some sophisticated math ideas that are taught in grades three to five. So I know I, I know using literature in math class is fun and it should be fun, but it isn't just fun. <laughs> the story context is really perfect to get that deep learning started. And I think it's great, Sue. I think this uh, resource, Math by the Book, can be used anywhere at any grade level, K to five, as well as uh, with any kind of core curriculum. So it can supplement, it can add to, enhance. You know, one thing um, I learned during the pandemic is there are a lot of families and parents homeschooling their children. And I think that the Math by the Book is a phenomenal resource for families who are homeschooling their children. It's very rich. Dive in, definitely. It's a great resource. Definite opportunities, too, just for intervention or enrichment kind of things, you know, just I think about summer school kind of things where you want to make the math fun because kids are coming in the summer and we want to make sure they're enjoying what they're doing. And again, what we're talking about is strong mathematics, but that is enjoyable and that begins with this context. Well, Danielle and TJ, I want to thank you for joining me to share your thinking about math and literature. It's been fun talking with you about um, what has become one of my favorite topics. So thanks for joining me today. Always a pleasure, Sue. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Our thanks to Sue, Danielle, and TJ for their time today. You can explore the Math by the Book series at Heinemann.com. And be sure to follow Sue on Twitter at Sue O'Connell Math. Danielle can be found at Teaching One More. That's the number one. And TJ can be found at T-E-E-D-J-V-T. Learn more and read a transcript of this episode at blog.heinemann.com. The Heinemann Podcast is a production of Heinemann Publishing. It is produced and edited by Steph George. Sound mixing by Steph George. Our creative producer is Lauren Audette. 
And our executive producer is me, Brett Whitmarsh. To learn more about the Heinemann Podcast, visit blog.heinemann.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.